0: Today on the Tearsheet Podcast.
1: There's a real opportunity to, for a bank, because the loan is completely guaranteed by the SBA, there's a real opportunity for a bank to be a real partner to a business that's in, in, in real crisis. And obviously, that builds loyalty that you'd like to think would be repaid over the long term.
0: Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. The current COVID-19 crisis presents a massive challenge to the financial industry. And like every crisis, it also presents an amazing opportunity to service customers in an entirely new way. In the U.S., the CARES Act and its Paycheck Protection Program mean banks will need to process approximately 50 times their normal annual loan volume in the next 30 to 60 days. On today's podcast, we talk to UK lending platform Oak North's CIO, Sean Hunter. Sean and his team have designed an end-to-end solution from application and document collection, To pre-screening and forgiveness, to help regional and community banks process this insane volume. Sean takes us through the requirements of the various government assistant programs, how banks are dealing with the strain, and how Oak North built its new capabilities through a process of running its own loan book for its UK Challenger Bank. Sean Hunter is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. I wanted to tell you about Tearsheet's newest online conference, Day to Day 2020. Entire financial ecosystems are emerging around financial institutions and large fintech companies with data at its core. We're spending three days hearing from top executives at firms like Fiserv, MX, Wells Fargo, InvestNet Yodely, Plaid, and more about how they are best leveraging customer data to help deliver better products and services. day day 2020 is all about data sharing, data aggregation, and personalization. It's about the future of finance. For more information, click on the Day-to-day Conference button at the top of our website, tearsheet.co.
1: Hi, my name is Sean Hunter. I'm the CIO of Oknoff. So my job is focusing on some of our most important strategic plans and our most important strategic priorities.
0: So given the crazy world we live in now, Sean, what are those big priorities right now?
1: Uh, well, right now, our most important focus is on the U.S. programs that have been launched to support businesses during the COVID crisis. So specifically the payroll paycheck protection program and the main street lending facility.
0: Great. So, um, and this is done through Oak North's platform, right? Like, is it worth distinguishing sort of Oak North's um, banking business with the platform business?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So in the UK, we're a fully licensed bank. We take retail deposits and do loans focused particularly on small and medium sized businesses who need debt finance to grow. We do that in a unique way that uses data plus tech uh, to focus on this blind spot that lots of banks have um, and give them a service that's highly differentiated from other banks. Outside the UK, we do that as a platform business, so we work with banks um, and try and address that same problem, debt finance to small and medium sized businesses.
0: Great, so most of our audience, as you know, is is domiciled in the US and so, um, Obviously, we have a few big um, government programs coming online to deal with the the crisis that's coming out of the COVID nineteen. Um, can you talk about maybe what those programs are, and then we can use that as a jumping off point to talk about how Oak North is is set up to to help banks in that way?
1: Sure. So there's a couple of main programs. So firstly, in the U.S., they there was the CARES Act, and under the CARES Act, they they launched the Paycheck Protection Program. It's really a short term program that's designed to help businesses to make payroll in the very, very short term. And it's run by the SBA, the Small Business Administration. And the, the basic gist of the program is businesses can apply for these PBP loans. Um, assuming they meet certain criteria, the bank issues them the loan, but then the loan is guaranteed by the SBA. And ultimately, if they spend the money for an approved purpose, which is payroll, uh, then they will get the loan forgiven, so essentially it becomes a grant if you use it for payroll. you can use up to twenty five percent for mortgage and utilities, but it 's basically for for payroll um, The main street lending facility is run by the Fed and it hasn 't quite launched yet and and there 's not so much noise about it, but it 's coming soon. but the main street lending facility is targeted at a slightly broader reach of businesses' slightly larger loans um, The businesses still have to make certain um, assertion, uh, assertions around you know that they're not going to have excessive compensation and a few other things, but it's a larger and broader program um, and it's run out of the Fed. So so I guess that those are the two main programs.
0: Great so, so let's start with the PPP. It sounds like an incredibly ambitious program, right? So you're talking about, what, tens of millions of small businesses that are going to now apply to banks, and banks are going to have to process these applications? Or even if they're not processing, they have to distribute the money at the end end point, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it includes uh, self-employed people and sole proprietorships. Wow, that's like a third of
0: America, right?
1: Yeah, it's a massive program. And the PPP-1, the first tranche, was completely... um, you know, has already gone and was massively oversubscribed. Um, Everyone is anticipating a second tranche. Um, But even if the second tranche comes, it'll still be. uh, That's currently in, you know, political conversations at the moment. But uh, assuming the second tranche comes, that will also go incredibly rapidly.
0: So can we talk about sort of the operational onus, I guess, of of running the PPP if you're, if you're, you know, a small mid-sized bank in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been very intense for for small banks in particular, you know, the very, very large banks, the money center banks, they have massive technology divisions and so on, and they can surge to meet this kind of demand. But the smaller banks have just been totally overwhelmed. Lots of them that we've spoken to have been running staff in 24 by 7 shifts around the clock to try and, you know, to try and meet this demand. But obviously the crisis is very, very challenging for banks in a number of ways. And you don't wanna take all your operational staff uh, from the rest of your bank and, and leave the bank kind of rudderless during this difficult time. So it's been very, very challenging. And basically the banks, they they are trying to, um, you know, they, they don't have to do that much, um, but you know, the sheer volume, tens of thousands of applications for some of these banks has been hard to deal with. The second is that not all of them were set up for SBA lending. You know, there's, there was an SBA 7a lending program, and some banks were already participating in that program. But if you're a small bank and you weren't doing SBA loans before, getting an SBA uh, credentials, getting getting you know authorized to do this PPP lending was challenging in the beginning. The SBA had a lot of technological problems that were delaying things. So you you'd have banks with thousands of applications, and each application was taking a human being sort of 45 minutes to an hour to process. So it was very, very difficult.
0: So, so what, how is Oak North set up to work um, to, to help banks, I guess, you know, with, with, uh, with the CARES Act?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, in a couple of ways. So the one thing is our model is explicitly designed to have humans plus technology. Mm -hmm. And so that means we're able to address two of the big challenges. So the first is for PPP banks, we were able to stand up a technology solution very rapidly um, that allowed them to um, accept applications. So we can stand up in a matter of hours and have a website that the bank can use to accept PPP loan applications and process them then we augment that with some people who do the first level of triage and checking. One of the things we heard from banks we work with um, is that their operational staff were overwhelmed, but also they were spending a lot of time dealing with applications that could never be submitted because the business person had submitted the, you know, the owner had submitted the wrong documentation or, you know, didn't have everything they needed in order to apply for the loan essentially. And so what we've done is we've put a team of our people just to do that first level of application triage so that when the application actually goes to the bank, uh, they they have a completed application with all the necessary back, backing documentation and so on that can be submitted to the SBA immediately.
0: So software and services, you're helping out um, your partners there.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Um, so so you you had... I know we're jumping around a little bit, but you had signed a partnership with Customers Bank um, within the past month, I think it was. Um, can you talk about what that is and, and, and what you're going to be doing with them, if you can?
1: Yeah, sure. So, so um, I think you know, most, most of this is public. So basically, um, Customers Bank, we were deploying our normal solution, which is you know a solution to do mid-market lending to this missing middle segment that I mentioned. Um, who are so overlooked by banks in general. And so that's doing credit analysis and monitoring for these loans. So we supply the credit analysis, the bank decides on whether or not to lend. So we don't decide the loan. And then assuming the bank uh, accepts the loan, then we monitor the loan, and help them to do on an ongoing basis, uh, very continuous granular monitoring, using external data, using technology, using um, underused and sort of slightly non-conventional data sources and so on. So that's our normal solution. That's what we originally signed uh, with Customers Bank to do. However, in the PPP, they've asked us to also help them process this wave of PPP applications. And so we've also uh, been doing that for them.
0: It's funny when you guys um, determined to spin off the the platform piece of Oak North, like I, you probably had no um I guess that, you know, something like this would happen so soon or, or at all, right?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. been, I mean, it's been remarkable and, and the intensity of it all, you know, the last few weeks has been very, very intense, obviously for banks, um, but but also for us, given the, you know, we're, we're trying to help and and there's a lot to do. But one of the other things is, it just so happens that our approach using data and analytics Um, has really helped both our bank in the UK and our platform clients to navigate the crisis. Because in the UK, we started doing a COVID vulnerability analysis back in January um, of all of our loans in our bank. So looking at their supply chain, because if you remember at the beginning, this was a supply chain crisis focused on Wuhan in China. Mm -hmm. So looking at all our lenders, who's exposed to the supply chain problem, etc. And then as the crisis evolved and became more of a a lockdown situation—that's more around uh, the complete absence of demand in the economy. So we're looking at which businesses are able to weather this storm, and then um, and then reboot afterwards. And as we started doing it for our bank in the UK, we then started doing it for all of our platform clients. And then that's mean meant that as these US programs have come online, we've actually built a lot of the analytical and sort of intellectual toolkit um, for. Assessing COVID impact on a business and looking at its ability to survive and and reboot afterwards. And um, you know we've actually run something like thirty billion dollars of loans through our platform for this COVID scenario um, because you know we keep kind of as the crisis evolves, we we redo analysis, we change our parameters, rerun things, um, and we've built a ton of different COVID scenarios. So so we break our Um, you know, the world of possible businesses down into 1600 granular subsectors. And then for each of those subsectors, we've built a domain model that sort of specifies how the finances of that business would work. So the finances of a manufacturing business are completely different from the finances Mm. of a hospitality business, for example. But if you look at some of these subsectors, they kind of relate. So, you know, how a, Uh, Airbnb let, for example, would respond to the um, COVID crisis is quite similar to how service departments would respond, right? And so we've got a few different COVID scenarios that we run for each of these businesses to say, okay, given this granular subsector that you're in, how do businesses in this subsector get affected by the lockdown? And then what does a reboot scenario look like for them? And so we've been running sort of three, six, sometimes now even nine-month scenarios for a lockdown duration um, to see which businesses can manage to weather the storm and then reboot afterwards.
0: It's so interesting, the interplay that you have between running your own bank and then pushing that out to the platform. Uh, Has that come to fruition, I guess, in other ways, or is that just a model that works really well that you guys actually, because you have your own loan book and, and can deal with these things that, Whatever you build for yourself, you can push out to your customers as well?
1: Yeah, it's incredibly helpful. I mean, it's helpful in a number of different ways. The first one is, it means when we talk to banks, we really understand what they're going through. Obviously, every country is different. Every bank's a little different. But but we really know how credit works. We know how you know loans should be monitored and so on. and And we know what regulators need because we have to deal with our own regulator. One of the things we do... Uh, run very carefully we 're very careful to avoid conflict between or sort of conflict of interest between our bank and our platform so we 're never in competition with our own clients in the u k we 're only ever a bank we don 't work with other u k banks and outside the u k we 're only ever a platform we don 't we don 't lend uh on balance sheet outside the u k um, in order to avoid problems but it it really helps so it means when i go when we go to a bank um, we really you know know what they 're going through understand um how they think about things and and can really help them.
0: And you just signed another uh, agreement in the US with Modern Bank. Do you want to t- tell us about that one?
1: Yeah, so Modern Bank is uh you know is is a bank based in New York City and uh and we're very happy to work with them. Again, we're working with them on the PPP and and uh it's enabled them to what a lot of banks you know a lot of large banks really struggle to kind of take new lending during this um crisis and they've they've attracted a lot of criticism but it's literally just because of the operational intensity that i mentioned before it's very hard for banks to also add on top of that trying to do a sort of kyc check and knowing the customer and all that stuff um, at speed and so what a lot of banks have done is they've said we're only going to service our existing customers whereas with modern we've able to We've helped them to service a much larger number of customers than they might otherwise have done um, during during this crisis.
0: Interesting, and and the model, I guess, going forward, I guess in the U.S. specifically, um, is continue to sign agreements like you did with customers and and modern. Um, do you have other? Uh, what does the pipeline look like? I guess during this crisis.
1: Yeah, so we've got about I mean we've got about seven banks we're working with in the U.S. Um, they're, they're wide, wide ranging from some of the largest banks down to you know, relatively small banks like Modern. Um, just Modern and customers have gone public, which we're very grateful for. Um, but some of the other banks, we're working with them, but they don't wanna be public yet. Um, the one thing I would say is that um, the nature of our engagements with these banks does vary. So for some banks, we're, we're just doing PPP and that's fine. For other banks, they're really interested in us helping on Main Street, for example. And it's possible that from mainstream, there's a there's an on ramp to doing kind of our normal platform offering, um, and so there's there's a full range of of how we're engaging with things.
0: Sean, do you expect other um, programs, uh, both in the US, UK, and I guess other countries that you service, to, to come online um, that you guys would participate in?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I mean, we're we're in the UK. We're participating in the Seabills program, um, which is. You know, conceptually similar to the um, PPP, although it has some differences of implementation because it's not a grant; it's more of a more of a loan, but with certain specific parameters. As um, bank, and they're talking to banks elsewhere. You know, I spoke to one of the very largest banks in Germany, just like programs that are happening there. Um, and I'm, you know, speaking to a bank in Australia. at, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning (laughs) about the the government programs that are on there. I think banks globally, you know, there's a sort of external perception that banks aren't responding fast enough uh, to this crisis. However, I think banks are trying to do as much as they can. They're just not really set up to move this rapidly. And I think a lot of banks are wary of, you know, what happened in the 2008 crisis where post facto, there was a lot of investigation, a lot of, um, sort of finger pointing about actions that were taken. And so they're, they're trying to be more cautious and thoughtful um, because they don't want to, you know, do something wrong now. But they, but it's actually, it's slightly harming their ability to respond quickly.
0: Do you think there's a, uh, a reckoning here that's also going to happen? Meaning, you know, if you're a smaller mid-sized bank and don't have the resources to participate and you sort of disappoint your customers or you, you lose an opportunity to bring in new customers, like, are the big going to get bigger here?
1: I, I think there's that. I think that's a very valid concern, mm. um, and and because honestly, the you know if you think about this situation, um, so take the PPP. There's a real opportunity to for a bank because the loan is completely guaranteed by the SBA. There's a real opportunity for a bank to be a real partner to a business that's in, in in real crisis, and obviously, that builds loyalty. That You'd like to think would be repaid over the long term. I think likewise the Main Street program, which a lot of banks just don't have the operational capacity for. They, they're kind of waiting to see what happens. But in actual practice, there's a very short window um, before the program gets launched. It's probably gonna get started around, um, you know, sometime this week. Um, and as a consequence of that, you know, again. It gives the bank an opportunity to to really be a partner to a business in crisis. And then hopefully that builds long-term relationships. But as you say, these small and medium-sized banks, they just, they can't really take advantage of that opportunity. And so it may well be that the large banks sort of gobble up all of the opportunity that's on the table.
0: Sean, this was incredibly informative and uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast.
1: You're most welcome, Zach. It's been great talking to you.